Welcome to episode number seven of Dial a Drummer. I'm Shannon Corey. I'm Brian Stevens. And again, we found a friend. So, Shannon? Yes. Uh, Thursday night of two weeks ago, maybe, I guess it was. I guess it was a Thursday night. So, the Grammys yes. had their big summer shindig. And uh, I went and I said hey to everybody, you know, you're shaking babies and kissing hands and doing that whole thing, you know, and uh, and seeing folks that you normally you either talk on the phone to or you uh, email and they send you files. Right. That's how we do things nowadays. Uh, we don't actually see each other unless somebody throws a party. Right. Nobody's in a room on. playing music. Then it's right. on. <laughs> anyway, so I'm walking down this, you know, in the Buckhead Theater, there's that long entrance hall when you first get past the box office. And out comes this rather dapper young man, I mean, with a stride of confidence that uh, you would be hard-pressed to match. Right. And I looked at my wife, and I went, I've got to go say hello to Jan Rico Scott. <laughs> Me? <laughs> coming down the hall, coming, coming out of the doors from the actual, because it was loud in there. Yeah. It was loud. It was loud. <laughs> and so... Um, Coming out of the the hall, coming down the hall there, I, I just walked right up. I'm an introvert. You might not be able to tell from this show, but I'm very much an introvert. He comes out of his box real quick. <laughs> yeah, he does. And I just I just made myself. I was like, I don't know him, but we got we've got a lot of mutual friends, John Rico. Okay, especially bass players. There's something about you and I and bass players where we have a real commonality. Okay, uh, one of my favorite people in the entire world is uh, Joseph Patrick Moore. Me too. He's just a good cat. He's a great guy. And I love Joseph. Heck of he's, a player. He, he's, he's a sweet person. He's a great spirit. He, uh, he's done some recording for me. We've played a few gigs together. Mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a fabulous, fabulous person. Yeah, I'm sorry he um, he left. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, yeah. I, I don't feel the same with him not around the block. You know? I know. Yeah. Right, right, right. Vegas is lucky to have him. Right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Who else? Um, oh, Todd Smalley. Oh, yeah. Todd Smalley. Yeah. Uh, Todd it did some some work with me on the road with an original band I had probably maybe ten years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, Todd's another one of those man. Mm -hmm. He's that sweet spirit, just and the kind of guy. If there's a fire, you want Todd Smalley around because he runs quick <laughs> <laughs> and calm. He's, oh yeah, nothing rattles that dude's cage, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Just, he's just yes, he's very calm and very dependable, and he's fast. Yeah, he's fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, if you don't already know, this is Jan Rico Scott, drummer for the Derek Trucks Band, the Royal Southern Brotherhood. You, but you've played with other people too, like Earl Klug, and you did some stuff with Peebo Bryson, maybe. Yeah, and five years with Peebo. How, how about you? Just want to throw out a few names that the people there are gonna know. Besides the ones I already mentioned. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, it, 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 playing with somebody when they were like playing on the guitar or singing. Yeah. And I'm playing the drums. Yeah. So I play with a lot, but I got a chance to play with John Denver. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder came to Atlanta for the um, the King Holiday. And I got yeah. a chance to play with him a couple of times. Yeah. And then I went to LA and I got a chance to play with uh, Whitney a couple of times when, um, we were uh, after seven was on the road, Babyface's brothers. Yep. So over the years, you know, I've done a lot of corporate stuff. You know, with, uh, we, we played once. Uh, there was a band out of Atlanta called the IBM band with uh, 
like Bill Hatcher and oh, Sonny Emery man. and I were both drummers. Wow. Nice. And we got <clears throat> we got a chance to play with um, Sammy Davis Jr. and on this on this one series of gigs with them. The first one was with Andy Gibb. Yeah. Oh, wow. He oh, was, man. man. He played with everybody. Well, it was <laughs> IBM, and we, when IBM was the megastar, so the gig was from like 6 in the morning to 12 noon. Oh, oh and wow. Used like, it wow. Was, and, it's and like an all-star lineup. Right, and then the second the second series was uh, John Denver, mm-hmm. and then the third series was Sammy Davis. Oh, wow. So Nice. I, I got a That's chance cool. over the years to, to play with a lot of people, you know, with Derek. You know, there was like, uh, it was a revolving door. Right. We got a chance to play at the Obama our inauguration, the first yeah. one. Yeah, we played the, the uh, Southern Ball. So that was awesome. Me and Dwayne Trucks played drums together on that. So Very nice. Cool. Who Dwayne is doing great now. Absolutely. Yeah, so. And and unlike a lot of podcasts that go totally backstory and they start like, tell me about when you were 10 years old and you started... If you go to workingdrummer.net, those guys, Zach Albetta and those guys, they did a great interview with you a while back. Oh, they they yeah, totally yeah. go into your your backstory. And uh, so if, if you don't know who Jan Rico is, you can always check out that podcast with our buddies, Zach and Matthew Krause. It's called and, Do Your Homework, Kids. <laughs> Learn <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. I don't want, the thing is, I, I don't want to bury the lead here. Right. I, understand. I, I don't want to bury the lead. Jan Rico Scott has been around, and you've been doing this in the music business as a drummer, as a composer, as a band leader. As an artist. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, as a visual artist even. Yeah. You've, you've been around for a minute. Yeah. Now, shock the people on the other side of that camera. May, may I ask you how old you are? I am 61, about to be 62 in a couple months. The, the collective gasp. Is huge right now, man. No, I'm I. <laughs> I've been lucky. I've been blessed, and you know, taking care of myself. You know, trying to do the right thing, and yeah. you know, we. You know, think about it. We have we have good jobs when we take care of ourselves. Amen to that. If you Absolutely. you know if you do the right thing, you know you hear all the the stuff. Of, well, you know the food is so bad, and the hours go to bed. Right. Drink some water. Eat some. Push healthy. away from the burgers. <laughs> You know, and you know, and and you go through life. You know, you go through stuff, and you figure that out. And you know, I, I'm just blessed to still have my same job. Yeah, I enjoy it. And, yeah, so the thing I appreciate about what you do is it's always a joy to watch you play because <laughs> you're so enthusiastic and you bring so much life to whatever gig you're on. You're always yeah. smiling or singing or. Just inter- you get the crowd in. Inter- you're one of the only ones that actually gets a crowd interacting in a solo. You'll get them clapping, and you'll get up and you'll dance. So I yeah. love that enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm kind of cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't scared. Listen, listen, you know, listen. I am not scared. <laughs> I will put on a hat and a nice shirt. I like to have fun with this. Sure. You only live once, man, and we gotta, you know, we gotta do it our own way, you know. Right. You know, after you figure out what the rudiments are and you learn how to read, and of course we want to learn musicology and music history. Sure. And then at some point, you got to kind of take it and make it your own. Yeah. You know, like That's a good point. Well, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not the one to go, well, I like the way the guy played, but I'm, you know, I love Jeff Sight, but I'm not going to be playing like Jeff Sight. Right. If you want Jeff, dear- I'm calling Jeff. Right. <laughs> He's my dearest friend. Right. You know, but I do things different than he does them. 
Sure. You know, I got, or, 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 uh, uh, Kenan Boto, or there's some drummers here. Marcus Williams, oh, yeah. Sonny Emery, Scott Meter. This is like a list. Marlon Patton, you've had on the show. Uh -huh. There's some world class cats right here. You two cats, right? You know, you know, Shannon Bryan, bad, great cats, any kind of situation. Yeah. But we all still got to bring something to the table that's all. Sure. You know, you want, that's what you want, you know. And, you know, I, I started doing records. And I said, well, what can I, you know, Billy Cobham did it. Right. <laughs> Tony Williams did it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it like them. I I, I love them. Yeah. I admire it, but I want to kind of do it my way. So I'm the singer percussionist dude. Yeah. <laughs> love it. So, so let's talk about that a second. Okay. I want to know, because you're a studied percussionist. You're not just a, a caveman with a couple of sticks behind some drums. You're a studied, mm -hmm. studious student of the instrument. Mm -hmm. But there's a transition at some point mm -hmm. when you go from learning and emulating all the people mm -hmm. that you love to finding whatever that thing is that's special about you. Mm -hmm. Do you know when that moment was? Uh yeah, I had a couple moments. Okay. You know, I had one moment. I was, um, well, I went to college real quick. I went to college at, uh, I got a scholarship offer to, a bunch of scholarship offers as a senior in high school in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And um, because I was a football player. So I ended up going, actually, I went to Alabama and they wouldn't let me, Bear Bryant was there. They wouldn't let me play major music and play music. So I ended up going to Kentucky State. Okay. And while I remember it had to be homecoming at Kentucky State in 1970. Yeah, 76 or 75, so one of those years because we just played the game. We won, mm -hmm. and but I had to practice for my recital the next day. And I was in there and outside, I remember like it was yesterday. I could hear, I could hear everybody partying outside. And going crazy. Not every go. And I'm in the band room. I still got my pat, my 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 I still got my my cleats are off, but I still got my jersey on. I took yep. the pads off and I'm practicing. And it was that moment that I went like, wow, I hit something. It was like a light came over. I know it sounds weird. No, 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 no. But, but, but you knew. No, no. I knew that this is what I was gonna be doing for the rest of my life. Really? I kinda had, you know, I always knew at five years old, because mm -hmm. my mom was a gospel singer and, you know, it was always music around us. But that moment said, you know what? You're going to be all right because you're going to be able to play the merit to drums. Right. Percussion. Yep. Vibraphone, timpani. Yep. Because that's what I was in the midst of at that time. Right. I had found a, another voice. And until, you know, really until recently, you know, in the last few years, have I been able to really you know, play my voice, not just drum set. Mm -hmm. I wanted, I always wanted to sing. I always wanted to, you know, my mom was, I always wanted to, to be that, you know, that Grady Tate, you know, the oh, Phil Collins, yeah. Levon Ham, oh, Buddy Miles, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. the, those cats, you know, who sing like, like Grady Tate was a prolific singer. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So I think it was that day in that band room where, you know, I was right before my freshman recital. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned Flight of Bumblebee on, on, on Xylophone. I never, you know, in, in Detroit, you know, we were all good drummers and we were all good players, you know, but nobody, I wasn't, I really didn't study 
the mallet percussion in in high school. So when I went to college, I had to kind of play catch up. Right. But by the time I graduated, I was playing four mallet. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> you yeah. know, I yeah. practiced. Yeah, you got two mallets further than I did in my music education. <laughs> I, had, I had some guys was on my case, bro. Patrick Arnold and Dave Dave Davenport. Mm. Yeah, wow. My two teachers, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Your voice. You know, part of, part of what makes every one of us different is we all have some unique perspective that we bring to the instrument. Mm-hmm. Is there a moment that you were playing that you can recall that you finally went, that's what I've been looking for. That's it. That's, that's who well, I am sonically. A few times, you know, you know, and, and, and I, and I really know that I, I become kind of different because I do play jazz. Right. I bop. Mm-hmm. I do, you know, I really understand that. Yep. But then I do play funk. Yeah. I play R&B. You know, I've done it so long now that I'm that guy. So my voice has kind of changed kind of with the music. Then I got the crazy jam band yep. stuff. Yep. Which, you know, the Derrick Trucks records have still been played. You know, I mm-hmm. did nine records for him. Yeah. And so I think, I think I've kind of, at different points in my life, you know, over these 61 years, kind of heard different voices at different times. I heard the mallet voice one time. The drum set still opens up and changes. I'm in kind of a new, a new metamorphosis now because now I'm in the phenomena of being an aging mm-hmm. drummer. I'm not old, but I'm Asian. Right. You gotta be more sympathetic to your body differently. Sure. You know what? The physicality changes. Physicality changes. Look, man, I remember when I came to Atlanta at 23 years old, I, w- I would do four or five gigs a day. Yeah. Easy. You don't do a young audience in the morning, studio session at Doppler in the afternoon, do another one at Master Sound at, 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 uh, uh, you know, in the late afternoon. Mm-hmm. Then I go over and play at Walter Mitty's. Yeah. And then after Walter Mitty's, go play at Hedges with Brendan O'Brien. <laughs> right. Yep. And, like, and like, wow. You know, and by the end of it, I'd be cooked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I could do it now. I focus on one or two things. Right. Right. And I let all my energy, you learn that over time. Sure. Because nothing gets your full due. Right. You know, so. That's good advice right there. That's good advice. You know, what we failed to mention is um, that um, this week's episode is is, uh, sponsored by Waves Audio. And Waves Audio is a a company that I use their products just about every day. In fact, yesterday I had a a video project that I was doing some uh, audio post-production on. And their whole restoration bundle saved my butt. Right on. Yeah, because uh, when we did this video shoot, the guy that we were interviewing was sitting pretty much right next to the air conditioning unit. Oh, nice. It's a nice sound to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whoever whoever, uh, (laughs) scouted that location didn't, they either didn't have very good ears or they just weren't thinking. Right. It was a pretty, pretty nice little spot. They saw the nice comfy chair and said, that's good. (laughs) So even though we used a shotgun microphone, uh, there was still a little bit of a noise floor there and uh, the Waves audio stuff just completely, it it saved my butt. It makes me look like a genius. (laughs) You are a genius. (laughs) People, people sometimes, uh, people sometimes 
find it. Uh, they say they find it remarkable what I'm able to do, but uh, I got to give most of the credit to, to plugins like Waves because uh, they, they really do make my job a lot easier. And we so. really appreciate them being a sponsor. For yeah. The show. Absolutely. And if, if you'll go to uh, dialdrummer.net slash gold, you'll be able to get what is normally an $800 package of uh, plugins again, plugins I use every single day. You'll be able to get them for one ninety nine if you go this week. Wow, one ninety nine. Jesus, there's like thirty five or thirty six plugins in this bundle, wow. and if you do the math on that, that's like five dollars and twenty four cents for almost the price of a venti hot chocolate at <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> Okay. Can, now we talking. You can get any Rick one of like thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> so, by all means, uh, the great thing about that when you go to that uh, that link, uh, dialdrummer.net/gold, anything you buy on the, the Wave site, we get a little piece of. It goes back into uh, helping to pay for our production of this show, and it's it's not a, a cheap thing for us to sit in front of a, a few little. Uh, IP cameras and uh, and make a little show. More than you. These these microphones don't pay for themselves, (laughs) right? And uh, and thank you for coming and sitting um, in the room above my garage. Yeah, but this that's not just a garage. (laughs) It's a drummer's haven. (laughs) Oh man! Uh, So one of the things I wanted to get to this week, and it was one of the things that. Uh, I had told myself if I ever met you uh, that I would ask you about, and it ties in with an email that we got this week. We got an email from a guy whose name is Jeff. Jeff's from Dallas, and he's 35 years old. Mm -hmm. He's teaching drums at a couple of music stores. Mm -hmm. He's playing some gigs on the weekends. Mm -hmm. He's even got a church gig that he does. And uh, and Jeff's kind of, he's at that spot, you know, when you're 35, if if we can all, gentlemen, if we can look back and and remember what 35 was like. Shannon's still 37. <laughs> Probably know each other about 37. I know, right? We have. He, we go back a long time. He, he went back and he's sort of taken stake. And at this point, you know, I think he's probably looking at uh, what that what that number is that he puts on his his tax return every year, and it's probably not as much as he'd like. And uh, and his question for us, and the question that I pose to you, uh, he's asking, you know, at thirty five years old, he hasn't um, he hasn't done what they call they call civilians call making it. And just wondering, his question was, at 35, I mean, should if I really want to do better in my life, should I look in, to do something else? Or should I stick with this music thing? Because who knows, you know? Woo! That's a loaded question. Well, <laughs> it's a loaded question, and, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, it could be answered so many different ways. Right. You know, I was one of those guys— who just kind of stayed fast and just kind of kept doing it. And my way might not have worked for everyone else. And when we were just talking, you know, Shannon and I, you know, before the show, where the new guys, the new successful musicians are guys who have other jobs like you Mm -hmm. or got other, you know, and it could be musically oriented. So that might be an idea for him. Right. To find another, learn computers. Because mm-hmm. we're in 2017, man. I didn't know a lot. I don't know a lot about them. Right. You know, um, I, I, I I wouldn't give up, man. 
I, I, I just, I, if I was, if I, if he, is he been spending this long at it, but maybe figure out something else to make it a cocktail. The thing that hinged, I was hinging on in that email were the words making it. Haven't right. made it. Okay. Yes. Well, the so, first key has to be your passion. What's your passion? Right. Because there's different degrees of making it. Right. I mean, if you're, you can simplify, but if you're working and, and you have, the blessed opportunity to make money doing what you do and you get to go play shows and you have a church gig and you're teaching, you've made it. I I mean, there's different degrees of that term because let's face it, the MTV star of the world, that, that game's a long time. You know, that's a very rare air kind of a thing at this point. And, and, And you know, so again, you know, the, a person's interpretation was making it, you know, listen, I think is I think is making it when when your kids are doing good and your life is all right and yeah. you know that's kind of make that's making it right. or when you're able to when you're able to work a little bit you kind of doing things you want to do you go home at night yeah there's a there's a whole are your bills paid your bills you're paid it, baby. <laughs> you <laughs> know <laughs> I mean you still playing music every day and there's a lot of guys I play with a band um, Sunday where Bill Wilson is a keyboard player. And he's like me. He's never done anything else in Atlanta. And he has, I mean, he had, he won't teach. You know, I've teach, I've teach, uh, teach a little bit, but not, you know, like on something, then there's the guys who like the Sam Skeltons and the Mace Hibberts yeah. who have serious professor jobs. Right. But they go out and do $50 gigs at one, Blind Willies. Yeah. So they can play. And they made it. So with the, your interpretation or your, your, your idea of what's making it, that's the question. I think being successful and being able to do kind of, do what you want to do, just maybe want to find something else on top of that. Yeah. Hopefully, it's musically oriented. Well, let's unpack that a second because I think there's there's a lot of value in that. Mm-hmm. I know for for me, when guys approach me and ask me that same kind of question, whether they're twenty five or thirty five or some of them forty five, right. you know, one of my first <clears throat> questions to them is. Do you have some signposts? Do you have some markers that um, indicate that you're headed in the right direction? Mm-hmm. And if you know, if you're teaching and you've got some gigs on the weekends, you've got a church gig, you're picking up the odd Tuesday corporate mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. where uh, all of a sudden you know you're you're coming away with something at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the year, mm-hmm. where you're not driving a FedEx truck mm-hmm. or you're not having to, mm-hmm. uh, or even uh, you're not even having to work at a music store. Maybe mm-hmm. you're teaching at one, but you're not selling guitars right? or, or uh, for that matter, selling anything that you don't really feel passionate about. So that that's kind of the first thing is like, do you have things that you can point to? Now, if, if Jeff didn't have anything, if he, wasn't playing gigs, if he wasn't teaching, if he was just kind of kicking it around town and just kept hitting dead ends, you know, maybe you take stock at that point and go, eh, maybe it's time for something different. But if you can get to the end of your year and you can stack a few of them together, if you can stack 10 of them together. Listen, and you throw in that dart, and this, this has been my thing, you throw in that dart, now, what I try to do is throw the dart from different hands with my feet and everything. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, right. Well, you, you keep throwing that dart, eventually something's going to hit. Right. 
Right. Something something will work out. And also, I want to also add, now, this where it takes stepping out of the box because when you're doing the teaching job, two or three teaching jobs, occasional gig weekend, then think about your own original project. Oh, there you go. Now, see, this is the emphasis I have with most of my peers now because mm-hmm. I got a lot of boys. We're just talking about that, you know. And in the same token, you got to go out and, you know, think about something that you wrote. It, it makes playing with other people better when you, you, and plus, you know, like by me having, like I didn't really start cutting records. It's only been 10, 10 years. I've been doing my own records. I have five now, Mm -hmm. but when I have the the original records, I can go out and do other kind of gigs. Sure. I can do, cause the guy goes, yeah, you got a record. Well, I got that. Yeah. So you can go out and do a clinic. You can go. So that kind of helps with a little income. Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing person, you know, you 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 like I, like you get creative, you know. You you try to get it coming in from all kinds of ways. And I'm saying, as long as you ain't selling a guitar, if you're teaching a drum, plan a couple weddings. Yeah. Church. I love church. I like I I like that part of our life. You know, I like the fact that I can go out. It's not always got to be a major room. Right. I still like playing the Risk Carlton. Be, yeah. Be bopping. And the fact that I can do it. I think that's a point, too. I think a lot of people get hung up on right. the kind of gig. Mm-hmm. If it's a, a gig or a show, if you have a performance at all, go play like you're playing to 100,000 people because you don't know who's in the audience. Right. right. And you're getting a play. Be mm-hmm. passionate for what you do mm-hmm. from an artistic side. Mm-hmm. But I, in the era of drumming became a sport, mm-hmm. I think it's been lost that if you're getting to play music, like you said, playing the Ritz or the Roxy. Now it's the Buckhead Theater. Or the Fox. Or the, or the in, in, any room. Pit orchestras. Enjoy the moment. Just stop stop putting so much emphasis on what kind of gig it is yeah. and be thankful you have a gig. Yeah. <laughs> hey, play. man, when I, I, went, I was in L.A. and I was doing a Broadway in L.A. <clears throat> so I was there for six months and I would go, I went to the Baked Potato. And when I went to the Baked Potato and saw Simon Phillips Planting in the baked potatoes. <laughs> With that tiny little kid. Right? <laughs> it took up the entire floor, right? That changed, well, you know, that changed everything because yeah. I was like, wow, he's doing a local gig to keep his chops up. Yeah. Then you go to the next week and it's Harvey Mason. Uh-huh. Or, or you got, you know, Steve Gadd doing the same thing. Yep. If those guys do that, that's their workshops. Yeah. So what's, what's making it? Right. You know, making it is knowing that you're making, a, you know, making a living and you, like you said, you know, a stepping forward is moving. Don't get stagnated. Now, that's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get stagnated and blame everything else, blame the music business for you not moving. But usually, you know, just like when you, when you were in college or when you were going through those educational years, you mm-hmm. had to bust your butt oh, yeah. to learn this information. You never really can quit learning this information. No, no I'm definitely always not. Always. Me. Definitely. Right. I knew I... I, knew I I knew I needed to study a little bit harder, like last year when I watched the Grammys, mm-hmm. and I didn't know one. Like I was like, "Who are these people?" Right? Chance the rapper? Not no. You know, right, like right. what? You know? And you can't go. No, I'm, I'm just I'm not, not going with that. Right? No, because yeah. it's our business, right? You know, we're not plumbers. We're we're musicians. So right. you gotta see where you know where the groove of the universe lies. Sure, that's you a know? great line right you know, there. The groove, of, you know, because we. You know, uh, man, and there's different grooves. If you listen to pop radio, they got kind of like a, um, almost like a second line rhythm. Oh, yeah. Do, 
I listen to a lot of records. You know, it can be pop, reggae, but that that New Orleans tie, the second line groove happens a lot these days. So the groove of the universe. I still think that there's a chance that we can discover the groove of the universe. You know, you think about the American drum set is barely 100 years old. Right. The actual innovation. Stravinsky played uh, different forms of drum set. They called them battery. You know, where you play, like, it looked like a drum set with bass drum pedal, you know, ways of hitting the bass yeah. drum and all this. But the American drum set, man, I feel like somebody really is still going to come up with something. But before yeah. you do that, you got to go study all the other cats. You need that history. There's a lot of cats don't know about those other cats. That's right? true. They live, they, you know, they, what they don't know is, well, so, you know, like I love, uh, what's the drummer for Dave Matthew Bands? Carter Buford. Carter Buford. Yeah. yeah. So I knew this guy, good drummer. I ain't going to mention his name, but he's a real prominent drummer. And I go, so had you ever, had you ever heard of Elvin Jones? He goes, no. I go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, he in the big band. This boy can play, play, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was freaked out. It freaked me out where I was like dreaming about this guy and I heard of Elvin Jones, but he liked Carter Buford. Yeah. Carter Buford listening to Elvin, Elvin Jones. Yes. Absolutely. Right. So so a lot of times you don't know it's connected. Right. I just I just put it in your ballpark. If you wanna be a <clears throat> if you wanna be a player, you gotta study. Sure. It's not a lot. Right. You know, but so I you know, we we're looking for that groove of the universe. I'm still looking for it. And that probably ties into why you've been been able to work for so long is is the versatility talking about Go study, go listen. Right. Because, you know, like you said, you can play bop, you can play jazz, you can play funk, you can play rock, you can play whatever you want. Right. But that only comes from listening right. and learning other styles. You know, a lot of guys try to, and maybe this is our email response question as well, depending on the genre that he's trying to go down. Right. Oh, you know, maybe branch out a little more. Don't, if you're just trying to be a rock guy, it's a lot harder to oh. do one thing right. than. Okay, do the rock gig one night a week and do a jet, you know, branch out. Maybe that's something that can help you, you know, think differently about the making it term. Yeah, you're a drummer, man. You can't, you know, I, I know that I, I, I love the guy that goes, so, so, so what do you play? All right, this is a question everyone asks me every day at the gym. So what do you play? I'm a drummer. What kind of music you play? Everything. Man, that's a stop right, right. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You know, don't I'm know going like, it's like going to the bank and the banker says, I'm sorry, I'll only take a hundred dollar bills from you. Right. <laughs> I'm a drummer. So when 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 a young player says, Oh man, I'm a rock drummer. No, nah, bro, you a drummer, man. It's just math. Yeah. Right. Just styles, change it. Figure it out. You know, you might like now see, this is when everybody's a producer, which is cool, which is cute. You know, everybody got their own, you know, and everybody's a drummer. Yeah. Everybody wants to tell the drummer what to do. Right. Because everybody knows better. But that's cool, though. If the guy's a leader, if he's Derek Trucks, see, Derek Trucks would sit down and play it. He can like, go, like, okay, that's what he wants. So you you, you do it. But we, we, we think a lot right. instead of just going, yeah, just play swing and then play Latin. It's just yep. a style. Yeah. It's not, it's, it, it, Stop thinking about the dots on the paper. Just, just listen. The paper. <laughs> just, you know, because you can take those styles. You see, that's what I've been able to do with recording. Mm-hmm. You know, I take stuff and twist it. Right. I take blues. Like, we, we, we actually wrote a song with Royal Southern Brother called World Blues. And, and, and that's what we play. 
Because mm. we didn't really play, you know, traditional one five one blues. Sure. It was twisted. Right. Derrick Trucks was twisted. Yeah. We studied Indian classical music. We went to and studied with Ali Abar Khan, and I studied tabla, you know, as a band. Todd Smalley kissed uh, Ali Abar Khan's feet. Oh, wow. I wow. saw him. Like, <laughs> you know, we went to his class, you know. Yeah. We, you know, Derrick plays the road, and then we took that, though we studied those styles, like, you know, I'm like, in, in my mid forties, you know, I'm going like, wow. We, your mind's going, <laughs> right, right, right. It's awesome, right? Yeah. We studied, you know, ragas and you know, and um, but then we took that, and because we had such a a, 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 a strong respect of uh, Indian classical music, mm-hmm. we took that and played it on our instruments. Right. So I got grooves that I did our Indian classical tabla grooves I did on drum set. Right. They work for the song. So. Very nice. Right, Do you yeah. think the secret in that was the fact that the band did it together? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. then you could just, you could all move Submerge. as one. Well, he, but because see, when I started with Derek, he was 15. So, you know, I'm already out of college with my kids or, you know, I've got kids and I've already done brought with a lot of crazy stuff. And then I go back with this guy. He's just, he wanted to study blues. Mm-hmm. So we had blues year. Wow. Like, for real, you know, like, Book of Wide, you know, John Luke, I mean, from, you know, Arlo Burnside, just the whole, I mean, he's, you know, he's already, then he was, then it was uh, Indian Classical, and that's why we took trips out to San Rafael and studied with those guys. So as a band, and then, you know, we learned all this, and then funk crazy. And I, and, 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 and as I watch him, his, his, um, his career progressed, you could tell those styles are still embedded in his style. Right. Yeah, I think we learned it as a band Todd. Todd was all ears. Oh, I remember him um, getting his first fake book. Right. I'm like, man, you might want to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, man, we just jam. I go like, no, no, no. I said, we're going to play tunes. So we're going to do this gig and and the guys start calling tunes. I go, girl, they go, you know, I knew them, you know, because yeah. I'm a lizard, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a lounge lizard. I've done it. I, I used to do gigs with them. Um, like you said, I ain't scared. You know, <laughs> them guys would come on, the, the, the horn players would come on these gigs, and they do this. You know what that means? Okay, we're in the key of D. Yeah. And then they go this. That's the key of E flat. Mm-hmm. So up with the sharps. So Down that, with the flats. So that, right, right, right. Yeah. So that would be the key of A, you know. And so they would even call tunes. And they start playing in two measures, you would know, oh, that's yeah. autumn leaves. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So Todd got that book, man, it changed him. Sure. Wow. It changed Derek. I watch as a band, us, you know, you know, going to uh writing retreats mm. before he had a studio. We go in the in the North Carolina mountains and and write songs for, you know, like a week and come wow. out with two songs. Yeah. You know, so but they were two really good songs. Two, I mean, they're still playing them. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, you had the joy of everybody in a room playing yeah. together. And, and we liked each other at that time. You know, at that time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it wasn't bad. You know, like Kofi. And Kofi um, was w- was also great to be around in, in those days because he also studied classical music like I did. Yeah. So he came from North Carolina School of the Arts. So his approach is world. You know, right, Kofi and O'Till. That's where they get that from because of their of their studies. Sure, right, right, right. So, so right. to to kind of wrap with with Jeff's email and just trying to think about there was there was one thing that we talked about 
in the, the prep time right before we started, something that you touched on that I think is an important idea to table. In 2017, going into 2018, if he or anybody like him is waiting on someone to put them on the bus and do it for them, we don't live in that world anymore. We really don't. No. The people that are the most successful, like yourself, are people that find their way right. and make their way. And sometimes sometimes you're you're cutting a path with a machete, you know, where there is no path. I mean, I, you know, I, I find that I find that more and more lately because now I'm that guy, I think that you know, I'm you know, I'm aging, you know, I mean, you know, aging gracefully, but I'm getting older, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of things that wouldn't be right for me, you know, not plan-wise, just uh, uh, social. Sure, sure. You know, I'm sure. playing, you know, and, and I know that, you know, and I, so I you're not going to take the Neo gig or the chance to rapper gig anytime soon. You think? No, because they don't need me. They can get somebody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it, if it came up, I ain't scared. Right. Oh, I'm knocking out the box. They'd be happy. I wear a big hat. They'd be like, oh man, that dude is cool. Man. With the glasses and shit. Make face. They'd be awesome, but it's all right. Yeah. Because when those things come, that means that they're, they're for you, but that's I think that's where, um, you, you know you gotta you know use what what we have today social networking. Yeah, it works in a positive way. Sure. You know there are all kind of sites, all kind of ways. Um, I remember back in the day when I first came to Atlanta, when you want to get a gig. Remember, you remember this, Shannon? You look through creative. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Go to right? back pages. Go to yeah. back pages, man. <laughs> yep. Or you know, I would do um, all the jam sessions. Yep. And, and you know, it was real mom and pop stand. Yeah. But still, even living in Atlanta back in the seventies and eighties, there was a lot of the industry would come to Atlanta looking for players. Mm-hmm. You know, I I got Broadway. Um, Chris Mandels was doing Theater of the Stars at the Fox, and um, I got a call. And and uh, from Chris, from Tony Carreri, he was the oh, contractor, yeah. and he says, "Man, we're about to do the Wiz, right on. you know, the Wizard of Oz with Stephanie Mills, the original cast." Oh wow! And I got that gig because I could read, and I was black. They wanted a black R and B type drummer sure. to play that, you know. And there was a whole, like a whole nother industry of touring. Broadway level musicals. Right. They were stopped. They were starting in Atlanta. So I ended up then doing that one. I did one with Jasmine God, people of Bryson, Patty Austin called The Apollo. Yep. And then I did uh, I did another one called uh, Dream Girls. Yep. With Jennifer Holiday. Yeah. And that did like that did like five months. She mm-hmm. she was awesome. Yeah. This yeah. is the yeah. original She's one. Fabulous. Bro, those shows off the chain. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about Broadway. And the whole system of the New York system. See, the New York guys, there was a few guys in New York that would do it, but they didn't want to leave New York. Right. So they would, you know, come to Atlanta, get a couple guys like um, Marcus Williams does uh, Tyler Perry stuff, yep. which is which which is pretty lucrative, you know. So <clears throat> you find your niche, you find your way, you know. I I I think we, I think we have to do it. You want to do it with class. You want to do it in a way that you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. but you got to go after it. You can't sit there and go, oh, man, this Facebook, 
Well, use Facebook the right way. Yeah. Use Twitter the right way. You know, you could, you know, use your website. I never, but I never did. <laughs> while you're playing on those social sites, that means you're not touching your instrument. Just a thought. Kids. Just a thought. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I ain't yeah, say yeah. play on them. Yeah. I'm just saying go to them and like yeah. saying I'm playing a gig. Yeah. All right, cool. It's a t- it's a tool like any Dude, other tool. Oh, and here and here it's funny you said that because when we talk about being a percussionist, one one thing you learn when you're in college being a percussionist or going to school is all about like what you do in your life, designation of time. Yes. If desert hit, I ain't said nothing. That's it. Because when you're a percussionist, you got you have your snare drum list. Yep. Your timpani list. Right. You have your xylophone list. Yep. Your bell glockenspiel crash cymbals. Yep. I, I got a job once when I was a senior in college, University of Kentucky in Lexington, Kentucky, because I weigh 220 and I can hold these large uh, <laughs> crash cymbals yep. for Tchaikovsky 4th Cymbal Park. Sha 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 Sasha, 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 Sasha. Hey man, you know, you had to get like, you yeah. had to You had to like, <laughs> curling. Right, yeah, right, right there at the gym. Man, was like, and you waited, you sit there, waited 200 measures, and you know, I got like 500 bucks to play this thing. I'm like, the best right? eight bars of my life. Right? So, so back then, you know, that's how we chant, you know, we, we, we channel jobs, you know. Nowadays, you know, you got to research it. And like I, like I was telling you guys before the segment, because I've been like in bands for like the last twenty years, you know. I've always kind of, I've always kind of had a major job. This is the first time in my probably my career that I'm kind of just checking out the scene. Sure, it's different. Totally, money's different. You know, I mean, like the scale. I don't know. It would probably even actually went down a little bit. Uh, I would What'd say you think? that. Yeah, okay. absolutely. It definitely ain't moved. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's like we're back to '88 pricing. <laughs> Right? <laughs> and, you know, and I'm one of the few guys, too, I have to say this. You're going to love this one. That not only am I, like, kind of that guy who plays the clubs and the and the whatever, I'm a, I'm a union musician. Yeah. Come on. Right? Yep. Local 148462. And for me, it was good to be back in the union now because now I'm ready for pension. Yeah. You did a lot of studio sessions. I, w- I don't know if I would recommend that 100% now. Right. Because it's a different day. Right. Back then, if you wanted to get work in Doppler, Master Sound, Crawford. It was certainly a better networking tool. It was a better network, yes, to be in a union because those guys would call. Right, right. You know, the Tim McCabe's. I mean, I did Georgia for, uh, I did Georgia with Ray Charles. And they used it for 11 years because this dude, Tim McCabe, called me, Bill Hatcher, and they, Ray Charles had to do it again. It was in 83 mm-hmm. because they reassigned him. You know, he, you now are back in Georgia. Yep. And we're going to make your song the state songs. They had to re-record it. Sure. So they recorded it. And just because I was in that network, mm-hmm. now he's moved forward. As we move forward to 2017, got to find a network. Networks like yours. Mm-hmm. You know, the working drummer. Yeah. I mean, you know, all, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, being an endorser helps. Yep. You know, I've gotten that. I've kind of figured that system out. That's a system. That's a whole nother class. Though. Oh, man. We got something to talk about after the show. We got two hours worth of talking after this show now. Wow. I'll figure that one out, too. <laughs> How you get that stuff, right? 
But without without every time you say something on any kind of social networking, I play this and I play that and I play. I don't want to see that. Right. But have respect for sure if you can get it. Yeah. You know. So one thing that we haven't talked about yet that to me is integral about your story and what makes you such such an archetype for perseverance is you had some health issues yeah. that just about took you out. Mm-hmm. Would you share with me a little bit about that? Oh, I'd love to because there's a lot of messages and a lot of ways to serve your ministries as, you, as you're on this planet. Sure. And so I'm always about talking about this message. And um, like 16 years ago, I had what they called a dissecting aortic aneurysm. Oh, man. Bad. It's bad. Yeah. And I, I was on, about to go on the road with Derek, and um, we were about to go out, and I just felt bad. And it's, uh, I you know, went to 911, through the whole thing, open-heart surgery. And it made me, it, it, it made a lot of things happen. You know, of course, I'm thankful. I was thankful the second, you know, for, for, for being alive. You know, I saw a lot of, a, a lot of stories. It, made, it also rejuvenated me to you know, keep working in this life that I'm doing. Like it goes back to that original question, what's made it? I think I made it because I made it through that particular segment. I'm able to talk about it. I'm able to talk about cardiovascular disease with black men, Mm -hmm. you know, which was really strong. Sure. Very much so. Um, I just had my, one of my best friends, Kofi Burbridge, went through the exact same thing 16 years later. And so, you know, it, it, it made me stronger. You know, I know everyone, you know, everyone won't say that, but it made me stronger. It made me do some other things. I mean, I wrote a bunch of music since then. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I um, I did a couple of ministry, a uh, couple of little things for Piedmont Hospital. Right. I did a yoga movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm not very good, but you know, they said, well, you know, it, it, was, it, it was awesome. So, you know, if anyone ever asks me questions about it, um, I'm always open to, you know, to talk about it. Is there something that you learned about yourself through that whole period of recovery and getting back to the healthy version of yourself? Is there something you learned ab- about Yonrico that propels you or surprised you? A couple of things. A couple of things kind of uh, refuel the fire. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- not that the fire had died, but, you know, you get real comfortable. Oh, yeah. Get real complacent. At that time, I was with probably the top jam band in the world, and and um, you know we were we were on a, a great incline up playing with the Allman Brothers on this. At the time of that, it, it, it refueled this desire to want to play. Yeah. You know, I've always kind of been a, a little driven with work. Mm-hmm. Being from Detroit, you know, I, I had to, you know, I had a lot of discipline from playing football. Sure. And you know, my mom, my mom was a kind of somewhat of a workaholic. So I kind of got a lot from her and my dad was too. So it, it just reissued that I need to work hard. And, 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 and the responsibility as I grow now has been 16 years with this stuff that when I go on the road, mm-hmm. you, you don't forget that. Right. You got to kind of, but now what I've learned though in the last few years is, you know, you don't forget it, but you don't have to be mean about it. Sure. Just because everybody else wants to drink and party and eat burgers all day and, yeah. you know, do bad, you know, that's all right. Yeah. They, they, they can do that. 
I just got to kind of be, you know. You got to take care of you. <laughs> right. And, and, and for a while, I was a little holier than thou with my beliefs about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't, I, that's wrong. You know, I, if you knew what I knew, though. Yeah. Well, especially yeah, it's, consider it's different what, perspective. <laughs> well, well, consider what you went through. It's it's only natural to to shift that far to the edge, right? To go from one side of it to the complete other side of it, in in that process, and you eventually kind of settle into the middle. Settle in the middle, and you know, you know, I could cheat a little bit, but you know, I, I we have a, a co- congregation of musicians. Uh, I want to call it the over fifty club. I'm almost there. Right. I'm See? almost there. I'm almost there. See? And, you know, Bruce was the charter member. Right. Yeah. And then uh, Scott Glazer, uh, Neil Starkey. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a list. Not a long list, though. The, the guys who actually functioned. Bruce was one of the strongest functioners. We would talk all the time about just, you know, keeping a keeping in tune to your health. Yeah. Because when that stops, everything stops. So you got to kind of, it means you got to go to the gym two or four times a week. Do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm lucky to get this second chance, you know. And I, believe me, I think about it every day. <laughs> yeah. I go like, okay, okay. I can have one muffin. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday. I can have a hamburger. Right. <laughs> one muffin. It's so, cheat day. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, I mean, I'm just happy to be here. And I'm getting a chance to share you know, share my stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a lucky guy. Sometimes I wish I made more money, but I like working, man. So I don't know. You know, we. It, it all well, and you still love what you're doing. That's still the beautiful thing. I, yeah, I can. I still smile and laugh, and I get excited about getting my tubs together. And I have a lot of drums, like you, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I can. So yeah, I'm gonna use my Matakachi set or use my reference today. You know. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, awesome. There are different markers, I guess, that people um, attach themselves to for what's successful or what's happy. And it's funny you you mentioned money because I, I guess people think part of making it or part of being successful is a certain dollar figure or they think it's um, a certain lifestyle or maybe it's the trappings of, you know, getting on a bus every Wednesday night or, uh, you know, when I was growing up, you know, success was you go on tour for 18 months and you don't see your family or your friends and those things. What are some things for you at this point in your life that really help you to stay the course and stay focused on what you think is success? Are there things that help you with your own personal commitment to your own vision? You know, I become a cocktail of a, a player now. You know, cocktail meaning a bunch of different things. You know, sure. I got my paint thing, and I got my my you know the the solo drum thing, and then I love being a side man. I I I, I think at at this point in my life, I, I mean, I've been on the bus for a long time, mm-hmm. but that's not that that's not as important as you would think to me. Yeah. As as I move forward to what I think. Um, is is a comfortable moving existence is, you know, just being happy musically, mm-hmm. making enough money. Ain't got to be a whole lot of money, just enough to be successful. Yeah. And it, according to 
whatever the scales are today, because I've learned that, like we were saying, <laughs> right, it changes. Yeah. yeah. It changes, you know. A lot of times you do stuff for nothing, you know, but but you know that later it's going to profit you. Mm-hmm. Or you don't do it for them. You do it because you, you can pass this message to someone. Right. So me as I move forward, I just, I think the quality of work is, is important. Um, I don't have to work. 10 days a week anymore. Right. I'm good with three or four, five, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, whatever, whatever works out, whatever sure. feels right. I'm getting a chance to play some good stuff, man. That's, yeah. that's important, you know, and I, I don't get it. And, and, and lately I don't get a chance as, as much as I would like to, right. You know, because I wish it were more avenues for, for solo original projects. Right. There's not that many as, right. That's true. That's hey, true. you will sell out the variety playhouse. If you got a if you got a Dave Matthews tribute band, right? Then if you got a band that plays original music, that's a great point. That that definitely is a hump in the industry. That I think we're going to get past it. I think we're in this weird middle area right now, where where people's attention span uh, keeps them from appreciating something that isn't familiar initially. But. Um, but it's people like you guys, like you, who have some vision for what's possible, right? That are going to keep creating things that, down the road, when folks are tired of hearing the same stuff right. all the time, right? I've heard that song. Yeah, somebody else is playing it, but I want to hear something fresh and new and different. It's the creators that eventually get their day. Right. I, I, I will hope so. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> woo. Sometimes you're scratching your head. Y'all got, got me going like, whoa. <laughs> right, because I'm doing a, a thing that's like off the chain yeah. right now. Okay. It's um, with Corey Glover, Kevin Scott, uh, Dave Yoke, Roosevelt Collier. Oh, wow. Corey, and I said Corey Glover and Matt Slocum. Wow. That's nice. the band. Nice. And we you do, couldn't get any good players, could come on, you? Right? <laughs> and it's me, me on drums, and then uh, Jared Stone on percussion. It's called New Stew, and we're going to Japan in October because they want they want Roosevelt. Yeah. And it, but, but the whole thing about the band is we play the album Bill Withers album oh. of Carnegie Hall. Oh wow! So it's a trivia band, yeah. but or like the band, what's the band that that uh? play with it like they, they play all dead stuff dark oh, star yeah well have those guys play with phil let's <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> right so i mean you either either you say no like like in the 80s it was disco mm-hmm. i know a lot of cats quit playing music in the 80s really oh yeah disco sucked <laughs> disco was a, that was a rough dark day dog it really was. I'm just saying. I was there. I survived. I was I'm just, there. I'm a disco survivor. Right? I was t-shirts. there. You know? And, and, and nobody figured out the drugs was bad then either. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know? Like, like when we, were in the, we get out of age, we were like, okay. <laughs> the, change, the music, right? So hopefully we go through that and... You know, we, we, we find some, especially in America, because we're the superpower. Yeah, right. That's a good point. We're the superpower. And, and, and you know, we don't realize it. I realize it because I travel abroad all the time. Sure. We're kings there. Right. You go to Europe, mm-hmm. oh, my God. You know, they want to play like us, and they will pay to go see you play. Mm-hmm. But here, with the problem like the Royal Southern Brotherhood, we did really well in Europe, and we sucked in America. 
it's like the Kings of Leon. You know, the Kings of Leon were discovered in Germany. Really? Yes. And so was ZZ Top. Wow. Yes. On Rock Plaz, I did the same show. Mm. And it's a show in Germany. ZZ Top went off off the roof. And then America caught on. That was back then. Now, whoo, we're not buying records. Spotify. Uh, right. I'm just saying. It's just, you know, I, I, I still believe that what we do for a living is the bomb.com, but it's hard to sometimes recommend, like we go back to our, our email, like um, it's hard to recommend doing this for a living. Right. You just got to figure out some kind of mix that's going to work like you have. Sure. It's like you have. I, me, I might be moving to another city. <laughs> <laughs> Just laying back. And like, I love you, Atlanta, but you know. <laughs> hey, we would be remiss if we don't oh. show oh, yeah. Brother Yanrico's record, Life yes. of a Dreamer, on vinyl. Okay, can, can I do it? Yeah, do yeah, it. Go, go baby. It. You got it? Can you see it? Okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. right don't right, use that right. ticket from Shannon, because I love him holding it. But I want to show you the middle. Oh, because the middle. You're gonna educate the kids, aren't you? Right, right, right. This is old school, yeah. y'all. For the kids at home, this is a vinyl record. This is a vinyl record, and this is also a premiere and a debut of oh. my new artwork. Oh, nice! And these wow. are these are pieces that I painted just for Life of a Dreamer. Yeah. And as we're talking about that, can I mention about something I got coming sure, up? Sure, absolutely. Okay, in October. Of this year, my birthday month, I will be actually 62 then. I'm playing, I'm doing an art show, an art gallery for a whole month in a uh, in a, 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 a nice gallery near the zoo in downtown Atlanta. We'll put and some I, links up for that. Yes, I'm, I'm going to have to give you the proper name of the gallery. Yep. And um, so, Life of a Dream. So I tell you nice. what, do. We, uh, we just put up an email list for people that are listening and watching the show. Can we give this away to, to one lucky person who signs up for the email list this yes, week? Yes, I would love it. Cool. So, by the time this episode airs, you'll be able to go to dialadrummer.net, and there will be a little box I there. It's beautiful. You just, put in, you just put in your, uh, your email address. It's that dude right there. You put in your email address, and you join our, uh, our list, and one lucky member, one lucky joiner of... The email list this week is going to get a vinyl copy of Jan Rico Scott, Life of a Dreamer. And I'm going to hand you a Sharpie before you leave today so you can sign that okay. thing. So, uh, guys, you're talking about opportunity. There's opportunity not only for great music, but great music that has great art inside it. And it is signed by the artist. And if if you don't already have a turntable, this would be the reason to go to go get a turntable right here. Go you get can go one. get a turntable for that one thing. Go now. <laughs> and uh, and you'll get bit by the vinyl bug and you'll right, just right, right. You'll start be hitting, <laughs> you'll be hitting every record. And you'll store. start doing your homework. Right. <laughs> here I how I went down the old days. <laughs> well, let's let's kind of finish this thing out. Because we're always thinking about the people coming behind us. Right. No matter what age you are, you should you should do that. I do. Is there one thing, if can you look into that camera right there and talk to the person that's on the other side of that camera? Is there one piece of sage-like advice that you would give to someone about 
their, not even a career music, their fulfillment of their own dreams and desires as a musician? I guess my biggest advice, if, you know, you know, for someone, not just a musician, but anything you do in life, you know, where, you know, if, a, if you're a plumber, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a, whatever, whatever you do, you, 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 you got to have a passion. You got to be open to education. You never say never. Never you stop learning. Never <laughs> stop learning. You listen to the new, the new guys. Just, just be an open vessel. That's how, you know, we pass this on. We pass this on. I, I, I have to apologize about some of the stages and some of the status of present situation. You know, it's a little rough, but still, there are ways to do it. Yeah. There's ways to, like, I was with Phil Up Church once, and he says, you know, long, this was in, like, 92, and they had NAMM show here. He says, you know, the new musician will be that guy who operates the computer. Mm. Because it's an instrument, too. Yeah. The, the instrument is only an extension of the person who plays it. Right. So my advice is keep it going because it's a dying art. It's a dying art. Keep, play real music. Play real music. Learn everything you can about it. Right. And the technical stuff. Go learn Pro Tools. You're smart and young. Like, let get it in there, right? Yeah. Right? Even if you don't use it all the time. Just know. Know what it is. Know what it means to record a, record real drums. Yeah. Right? Come on. Yeah. It's a, it's expand a, your skill set. Expand your skill set. It just opens the horizon. So when, when you're looking for that sound or you're looking for that groove, you got something to do so you can live your life. Right. You can live your life and, you know, you don't have to live in a box. Nobody's saying do that. Right. But figure out your mix and your dynamic. If it's teaching, if you're a teacher, teach with passion. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Don't be just yeah. teaching drive-throughs. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you know, whatever you do, let there be passion with it. Let there be love with it. Rejoice that we're poets of the universe. We're, the, we're, we're, we're some of the last ones that, you know, we don't have to be zillionaires or trillionaires to be heard around the planet. Right. That's a good point. And, it's, and it is all positive love. And it's all about love. We're not going to cure world hunger. <laughs> We're not going to cure famine. We're not going to cure the money issues and all this stuff. But we can make you feel happy while you do cure it. Yeah. There you go. Right. So it's good stuff. I, you know what? This has probably been one of the most remarkable hours of my entire life. Oh, good, <laughs> Man, good conversation. Right? There's so much packed into this, dude. I mean, people should watch this like eight times, and then oh. the ninth time, get out the pad and paper and just start <laughs> writing notes. it down. Man, I'm telling you. I want to thank you. I want to acknowledge oh, you, thank you for being one of the most unique people that our industry has has ever had because I can honestly say that there is no other Yanrico Scott. There's no one like you. There, I can say that too. <laughs> <laughs> there is my son, Yanrico Von Der Scott II. Yes. But he's Rico. Ah, I got you. He didn't like that. He's got his thing. <laughs> you've you you've definitely thank you've you. you've forged a path that is very unique. Uh, not only in where it's taken you and and what you've done with what you've been given, but you forged a path that is a great template that someone can look at and glean mm -hmm. lots of knowledge from. 
And I appreciate that. Thank I appreciate you. what you do. Thank you. And, and I appreciate you guys for watching or listening every single week. It, it's It's been fun doing this. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Uh, and it's days like today that will keep us doing it. And uh, oh, thank dude. you. Thank you, bro. So uh, by all means, please uh, share this episode with a friend and uh, email it to, it, to them. Um, put it on their social media wall, whichever one you choose. We're certainly going to be blasting all week about this episode because there's a ton of good stuff in here, man. There's, I feel, I feel more enlightened just from having sat in this chair. <laughs> so, uh, please. Brian, you're working it. <laughs> you're working it, baby. Please uh, make sure you uh, make sure you come back next week and and watch or listen. There's plenty of ways to do that. Uh, you can find us on all the social media networks. Just search for Dial a Drummer. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have uh, any comments, if you want to send Rico some uh, some wonderful love for him spending his time, that I could just forward him and and have somebody uh, brighten his day up for what he's given to you, please, by all means, dial a drummer at gmail.com. That's the email address. And uh, during the week, you can always call the toll-free in a few weeks. We're going to start playing some of the voicemails that we get for people that have comments or questions. We're going to start playing those on the show. And, um, oh, I would be totally remiss if I didn't remind you to go visit our sponsor because they're one of the folks that helps make it possible for us to be here. So you just go to dialadrummer.net slash waves or you can go to dialadrummer.net slash gold and you can get a crazy special. Just normally you pay 800 bucks for this, but you can get... 35 or 36 amazing plugins for your digital audio workstation. That computer that you record your stuff with, that you uh, record uh, drums or keyboards or vocals or whatever you use it for. Uh, you get a ton of great plugins that you can use from Waves. $199. It's like, you know, a, a little bit more than it would cost to, uh, to get. Uh, you could almost. Get a movie ticket. In fact, you know what? Movie tickets are more expensive than a plug-in in this bundle. That's how good a deal it is. You can't go to the movies now for for uh, for what it costs to get one Waves plug-in inside this bundle. So uh, make sure you you go to that and and uh, visit Waves. Anything that you buy there, uh, we get a little piece of that, and it helps to defer the cost of all this stuff. So thanks so much for tuning in again this week and i i love every episode we've done so far and i'm happy to say that this one's my favorite absolutely in, thank in you the running order. for being here thank you brother thank you man i thank certainly you. appreciate thank you, you. Thank you and uh we will see you again next week just keep putting one foot in front of the other guys see you next week